Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. To Vertical Momentum. We're going to have an amazing guest. My brother Cody's coming on. Uh, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, VM Universe. You guys are crushing it. We are now on the in the top 100. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Cody, my brother, what's going on? What is going on, Richard? It is such a pleasure to be here, brother. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm just, I'm literally, my whole heart is just exploding with joy and appreciation, respect, and just gratitude for uh, the opportunity to be here with you. Well, first, I gotta, I gotta say, uh, if you don't mind, welcome everybody to the VM universe. And then I got a question for you, but I gotta, I gotta give you a prop real quick. Congratulations on having over 300,000 followers on TikTok. <laughs> I'm thank so proud of you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so, so, so much. It is, it is, uh, it's a beautiful experience. You know, I was just talking about this. You never realize how your words are going to resonate with the right people. You're not for everyone, but your message stands strong. And, and there are people listening. As long as you put your authenticity out there and people are in a place of reception, they will listen and they will take your messages to the heart and you don't realize how many lives you're changing. Just the, just the fact that, you know, I chose to be here and continue to be here. I'm changing lives every day and I operate for the, from this place of just humble and knowing and respect and value. And I never, ever thought I would have over 300,000 people paying attention to my words when I started making fun of TikTok on TikTok. <laughs> now you know now i've well, i watch every one of your videos but my question is what is something that hardly anybody what's one thing that hardly anybody knows about you one thing that hardly anybody knows about me that's a really yeah. good question i love that hardly anybody knows about me i'll say this um most people they, they look at me they look at a very we'll say the 3d experience on this phrase is going to bring up possibly trigger people don't realize that i still struggle not with alcohol not with problems not with anything like that but still being human <laughs> i i focus so deeply on the constant expansion and understanding of myself and the universe and i'm so deeply involved with other people that I still struggle with the human condition of loneliness. I still feel disconnected sometimes. Um, I still feel almost sometimes depressed. And part of my conditioning is going, this is a, a poverty in a, in a struggle mindset, is going, hey man, if you're not helping, then you're doing something wrong. There's something wrong if you're not helping another person. And the reality with that is I actually have to practice the art of acceptance and go, people, I have to remind myself, people's lives are getting better simply because you're still here. <laughs> uh, so just because I'm, as, as I'm at the peak of my existence and I, every day is the best day of my life, I still struggle just like everybody else. Okay, so now we're going to go back. We're going to hop in the Wayback Machine because I want to get the people know the guy behind the hoodie. So, <laughs> so talk to us about you know where you come from, where you grew up. And what kind of little boy Cody was? Gotcha. Great. I love this. Thank you so much. Um, yes. So I was raised, right? I was raised, I was born in Bakersfield. I'm a California cat. 
born in Bakersfield. It's uh, kind of the armpit of the earth. And uh, my family, we were what you would call poor. <laughs> I developed that poverty mindset really, really early. And that became obviously a driving force of my parents' decision, family, family opportunities and whatnot. And I kind of grew up in small towns. So I, you know, I was born in 85, so I just turned 36. And so there was no internet. There was nothing really expansive. It was a completely different world. And I grew up in a world where, you know, you, you come home when the street lights come on, you, you're out in the streets and you're climbing trees and you're getting hurt and there's no police around. And so you, you search for fun and purpose and connection and attention and all these things. Well, I was one of those guys that was good, still good at everything. So I was a target for many, 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 we'll say insecure people. Um, because I have extreme ADHD and I didn't know that at the time, I also lacked a lot of social skills. So in my attempt to connect with people, <laughs> I was getting a lot of attention and that came off as desperate and weak and all of these different, just very interesting human perceptions. And so I was beat up like every single day of my life. Um, struggle, uh, torture was just common, common. Uh, every day, lived in an extreme place of fear, um, lots of PTSD, lots of looking over your shoulder, lots of not knowing what's happening, extreme anxiety, disconnect from self. And because of that, because I was so powerful and it was literally the guiding force of my decisions was a place of survival, um, looking to coping mechanisms. And so at that time, I mean, I was, I started drinking alcohol at eight years old, but I really got into it at, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 and, uh, was suicidal for a little bit. My point with all of that is that alcohol became, uh, the escape from the pain that I was, you know, involved in every single day. And there was a constant search for truth and acceptance, which never, ever, ever showed up. And so I just pretended like everything was fine. And uh, alcohol became my personality. Over time, I became an alcoholic. Uh, I practiced alcoholic behavior <laughs> for many years. And that, we'll say, reached its peak after a 16-year DJ career in two, what was this, 2017? In 2017 is when my liver began to fail. I woke up bright yellow, throwing up blood. Um, I was rushed to the hospital where they determined that I, I'm not going to make it out of the hospital. I have, I have roughly less than a week to live. And they, I ended up basically in a position where it's like, there's, there's nothing we can do for you here. There's no guarantee you're going to live. You are dying. And in my head at that time, I was thinking, well, you know, hey, well, I was supposed to die young. I partied hard, right? <laughs> I did what I was supposed to do. I had this crazy fun life and, and happiness is pleasure. And I, I received a ton of it. So it's okay to die young. And the reality at the time was I, I was basically in a position where I had to say goodbye to the family that I was just adopted into. At this point, I'd be 32 at the time. And I had just met my fiance and her two children. And uh, the doctors were like, hey, we, we may have an opportunity to stop you from dying. There's no guarantee you're going to live. Um, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But here's, here's your question. Do you want to live? And um, my stepdaughter at the time, she was holding my hand and, and she says, 
you have to try. And so from then I just said, yeah, I want to live. And so then they wheeled me off to three other hospitals, put me into an experimental research facility and, uh, they stopped me from dying. And this is a series of very, very specific and meticulous events that had to unfold absolutely perfectly for me to not pass away during, during the 250 hours of torture that I was in. And uh, miraculously, um, <laughs> I survived it. But at the end of that, where was I? Um, I lost my house, my car, my job, my money, my friends, now my health. I'm a felon at that point, negative in all my bank accounts. IRS is after me. Everything that I had done in my life, I still had to deal with as someone I didn't even recognize anymore. From there, I had to figure out what am I going to do? What can I do? And now, I decided to focus on generating happiness. And now, now I've reached bottom and on there's a weird you know i've talked to a lot of people on our show mm -hmm. and a, a lot of people that have hit rock bottom um for me it was okay i can't go any lo lower mm -hmm. so now it's just the sky's the limit because i've already been at the bottom right you know and, and then like for me i took that attitude was like i've already been at the bottom I've survived it. So now I can't lose in whatever I do. So when you hit your rock bottom, how was, cause they, you know, they say that more people have been built up from the rock bottom than people that have fell from top, from the top. Mm. So talk to us about taking those steps to rebuild your life. Cause sometimes they say, you know, in order to move ahead in life, you have to clear the wreckage of the past. So talk to talk to us about some of the steps you took to start becoming the man that you are today. Can you hear me? I think the phone locked again. I mean, the phone might have locked. So we're going to try. Got me? I got you. Okay. Yes. Um, so some of the steps. Um, well, I'll, let me let me go back for one second. Yeah, my phone just locked. Uh, here's the reality. The, the phrase that stuck with me and I didn't realize it at the time was, once you've lost everything, you're free to do anything. And I learned that in Fight Club, Tyler Durden, <laughs> such a simple phrase. And I remember hearing that and going, okay, well, I'm not going back to DJing. I can't go back to alcohol, which was my entire life because I have stage four cirrhosis. If I drink, I'll die. I don't want to be that person. I don't like that person. I don't love that person. That person isn't going to help me move forward. I need to focus on becoming someone that I always knew I am. The truth is, is at that point, when you're at your lowest, you don't know what you're capable of. And the reality with it is when you're at your lowest, you think it's the best that it gets, which is really interesting. We'll say contrasting to nowadays, because today is. I think your phone locked again. Yep. Um. <laughs> No big deal. Hang on. Okay. So um, kind of rolling back on that. Um, yeah. The, the peak of my existence now, it's the same feeling as when I was at my lowest. And so you look at that and you're going, this is the best that it gets. Well, when you focus, when you get clear on what it is you don't want, what it is that doesn't bring you joy, 
what it is that you want nothing to do with and you're honest with yourself and it, it could be something as i don't want mushrooms on my sandwich <laughs> when you get extremely clear with the things you don't want in your world then you open the door you create space for the things that will actually serve you one of the things that i had heard is happiness is 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 a state of being it's not something that arrives it is not something that just just because you've received a bunch of pain and you were tortured and anguish and all these things it doesn't mean you deserve happiness and it doesn't guarantee that it's going to arrive happiness is something that you generate happiness is something that you allow into your life and allow your your existence to uh feel and so that was one of my most motivational aspects of what i was doing is practicing happiness practicing allowing myself to be happy with absolutely nothing because the truth of happiness which is a state of peace or the extension of peace is when when you when you allow happiness into your being you're free to do whatever it is because you're only going to do things that serve you they bring you happiness they they bring joy they bring pleasure in a good way um uh, it it makes you feel productive and expressive but it also puts you in a position to make money and focus on abundance so the number one thing that i've allowed myself to do that has been the driving force to who i am today happier healthier and stronger than ever is recognizing that happiness is a practice it doesn't just arrive i practice happiness every single day and because of that state because of those practices i've been able to build numerous businesses be on talk shows and and countless podcasts and meet incredible people you know at at the moment i just reached 300,000 on tiktok and i'm inspiring people every single day i've got the beyond sober program now releasing bending waves it's just four and a half years of absolute commitment to my own happiness when you allow happiness into your being when you practice happiness when you practice peace you literally align yourself with every single opportunity you always knew you deserved and the truth with drinking and and substances we're that's what we're searching for we're searching for peace we're searching for oneness we're searching for connection and purpose and so many of us we go you know what maybe i'll figure it out with one more drink maybe it'll make sense if i have one more cocktail maybe it'll make sense if i meet one more person when the reality is it's within us and for those that don't practice what i'm what i'm saying here is we we even though we know it's within us we still look externally and the reality with it is the more internal you look the more inside you look and the more authentic you are with who you are the more the universe is going to reward you for that authenticity that's how we ended up here brother now i got a question to ask because you know when i'm i'm clean i think i 33 years i'm going on 34 years nice uh, but you know the day that i quit drinking i had to stay away from people places and things right you know and now that i'm you know doing what i'm doing and i i hear that that you know we are the average of the five people we hang around with the most. Yep. You know, eagles can't fly with turkeys. So, <laughs> you know, talk Back. to us about up-leveling your uh, the people that you're surrounded with. You know, you can't be a positive person if you're around negative people, correct? Correct. So what do you do? How did you go about saying, "All right, I cannot hang out with this crowd anymore. I need to find better people 
because they, you know, they say if you're the smartest person in your group, mm-hmm. you need a better group. 100%. That's a great question. Uh, I love my block list. <laughs> my block list has, is up to, I think it's up to 8,000 people. I've blocked people. I've blocked organizations, anything that, or any person or any energy that doesn't align with who I am and or want to be. You can recognize negativity anywhere. And the reality is I, I don't talk to people about being positive. I think that's a band-aid. I think it's a joke. Uh, practicing optimism and, and shifting perspectives is more important. For me, I needed to get rid of all of the people and the things and the websites. And, and sometimes I even got rid of like movies and things that didn't contribute to the type of person I wanted to be. And we got to remember that the only way you're going to realize what type of person you want to be is by recognizing what type of person you don't want to be. Any direction or any decision that's moving you further away from who you don't want to be is the right direction. And that's that's infinite opportunities for that. So to shift my perspectives, I had to start investing in myself. So yeah, it was difficult. I had to start a photography business and I had to, I had no car, but you know, I had to struggle to make money to afford programs. What I realized was that if I don't obtain the information that's going to help me become who I truly am and truly want to be, then I'm just going to continue searching. And that's going to become my purpose is trying to figure out who I am. The reality is, is I always knew who I was. I just didn't know that I knew. And so I started investing in programs, started listening to a ton of Gary V. He was there on my deathbed, literally. Um, obviously online, I was listening to him from an, an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, Frank Kern, which I started building these businesses, started investing in his programs and his opportunities. Uh, I realized that I have a ton of experience in technology, graphic design, 20 years, sales for 20 years. I was a DJ for 16 years, you know, so much stuff. So I started getting into Sam Ovens and he helped me uh, develop a very, very aggressive and fun mindset that helps me be the CEO, the business owner, the, the CEO of my own life. And I started listening to him and Gary Vee and, and Frank Kern every day. And I was listening to podcasts. All of my subconscious and conscious was being filled with information that is a driving force. Literally, your subconscious drives your conscious action. And if the thoughts you have from yesterday or the, for t- from today are the same ones from yesterday, then it makes sense for us to start programming our mind. So when we do accidentally think a thought, <laughs> is for us because the reality with this is if we don't practice thinking then thinking happens to us and we feel like a slave in our own minds which is just so difficult to get out of when you're in that victim standpoint when you feel like that so i started getting involved in facebook reaching out to people having conversations um, stepping into the realm of the unknown saying things i wouldn't normally say practicing affirmations I'm telling you this, man, <laughs> people today still say this. Is it supposed to feel weird when I'm reading my affirmations? Yeah, you're injecting new thoughts into your conscious you know, being. You, they're not yours. You didn't generate these on your own. Because we have to remember, all of the thoughts that we have come from the past. They come from our experiences. And so the new experience is injecting words that help us feel good, feel productive, or help us feel abundant. And so these affirmations become your thinking. And now you know that you're worthy of taking up anybody's time. 
Now you know that somebody's life is improving because you chose to stay alive. Now you know that you enjoy speaking to new people because that's an opportunity for you to practice growth. These are just affirmations that you don't believe them until you believe them. We, we have to understand that we've programmed ourselves either intentionally or unintentionally with our experiences. So if we have new, incredible, fun, or positive experiences, then our entire world changes because we're focusing on the experience of every single one of these moments instead of what is this thing gonna bring me? What's gonna happen next? The truth is we don't know what's gonna happen next, but we're excited about it. You know, and one of the first books that I read when I started talking, learning about mindset was a, a book, it was called From Homeless to Billionaire. Yeah. And the one thing he said is just say five things to yourself every day. Mm -hmm. pick, the, pick the five things that you that you want the most. For me, it's, you know, I'm healthy. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I'm wealthy. I'm whole. And I'm helping millions of people. And, you know, I say that, uh, you know, to myself every day. Mm -hmm. And I know it's it's starting to come to fruition because a lot of times it's not what we say to other people that's important. It's what we say to ourselves. You know what I mean? Facts, 100%. We really don't realize. We talk about this so often, um, specifically in Bending Waves and even in the Beyond Sober program. We look at this and go, what? Here's the key phrase. Is it true? Right? We say all these things to ourselves. And most of the stuff that we say to ourselves, we didn't, we didn't ask for that. Like, where did that come from? Why do I keep talking to me like that? So if we're not consciously speaking to ourselves and keeping our, we'll say, subconscious in check, then the thoughts of others, the opinions of others, the social media, all of that stuff, that's what's down there. That's what's back there, right? And so because of that, that comes to the surface. And, and you're my, I always say this, man, your brain's an idiot, but you are not. <laughs> it doesn't know the difference between a thought and reality. So what you say to it, as if it's its own secondary being, as if it's another person, what you say to it, it's going to believe you. And more importantly, it's going to find reasons why that's true. So when we talk about, yeah, but are you happy? Well, maybe you're not happy. Is it possible that you are happy and you just don't realize it? Yes. So if you say, I'm happy, but why? Your brain is going to find reasons why that is true. <laughs> You are happy. You're just struggling with recognizing it. You are abundant. You just don't see the abundance around you. You are successful. You've just been searching in all these places thinking that success is money or whatever you've been programmed to think. The reality is, is it's your reality and success is what you believe it to be. No one can take your belief away from you. This is called defining your reality. What reality have you created for yourself? What reality are you practicing living in? The reality with this is I started practicing feeling successful, uh, feeling abundant and feeling happy when I had absolutely nothing, nothing to offer anybody else other than what I know, other than my experience, other than my knowledge. But because I program myself to accept that, and I call this the art of acceptance, you accept this information, then your reality, everything changes for you. <laughs> Instead of things happening to you, everything happens for you. And then you find the, the, the lessons beneath these obstacles. Things are no longer risky because you have trust in yourself. You don't necessarily need trust in other people because you trust you. 
they're more willing to take on opportunities because they're no longer perceived as a risk, something that might hurt you. The reality with all of these things is you are what you say. You are also what you feel. So it makes sense for us to program our minds, our reality with things that work for us. I love that. And one of my mentors is Mr. Ed Milet. Mm -hmm. He always says, you know, things happen for you. They don't mm. happen to you. And everything is a teachable moment. 100%. Now, what you're talking about, you're talking about, they call it the reticular activating system. Yes, sir. To where, you know, and for people, the lay people that don't want to know what we're talking about, it's kind of like if you, buy, if you buy a blue Toyota, all of a sudden you see nothing but blue Toyotas. Yeah. Because your mind is focused on looking at that, on looking for that car. So if you focus on looking for the good things in life, the good things are going to happen. If you're looking look looking for the bad things, the, you're gonna you're gonna find the bad things. So talk to us about your what you got going on now, and then I want you to talk about how the first day you started on TikTok. What was that <laughs> like, and how did you grow it to where it is today? Got it. Will do. Real quick, I want to just jump back one second. I'll jump into that just to add to your last statement here. One of the things that I like to talk about is something called third nature, because what we practice becomes a habit. And yep. we are a collection of habits. So when we're consciously looking for things that are working for us, we're actually taking away from the experience a little bit. We want to commit more to the fact that things are happening for us and allow our minds to do the deductions on our behalf. Because the reality is, is the, an experience, having an easy life is knowing that you don't have to focus on these things. You just know. And your brain automatically does that. And we call that encoding. So when you encode your subconscious or even your conscious, not to look for it, but to accept the fact that things are working for you, then it's easy peasy living a life that you love because it's no longer difficult for you to figure it out. It's super powerful stuff. Um, with that, I believe my ADHD is kicking in. I know you asked about um, getting started on TikTok, but there was something else too, correct? Talk to us about the first day that you logged on to TikTok. And then talk to us about how you've you've you you found the key to growing it um, without having to worry about paid ads and all that crap. Got it. Love it. OK, so my first the only reason I jumped on TikTok is because of Gary Vee. <laughs> I love this guy. He's like, if you're not on TikTok, you're just you're just losing. You're just not doing it. Um, you're literally skipping out on something that is absolutely massive. So because he's my mentor and has been for, I don't know, five years now. Uh, I was like, okay, cool. Let me open up TikTok. Let me create an account. At this time, I was engaged in the stepfather of two amazing girls. Um, they were, I don't know, 13 and 15 at the time. And I jumped on TikTok and it, it, I have no idea what these buttons were, how to do it. I'm a tech guy and I have no idea what to do with this thing. And I was like, is it skits? Is it for funny stuff? I'm a funny person. I, I think I am. And so I didn't really commit to it. And, and so he said, just put up content, put up content. doesn't matter what it is, just put it up. So what I started doing was repurposing the, the motivational content that I was leaving in my consulting um, agency. So I was talking to people about business and mindset specifically. And I was like, oh, maybe these kids on TikTok will like this stuff. And I just put it up. And I don't know, I put out like five videos, six videos. And I didn't touch TikTok for three months. I just, nothing happened. I got no notifications. There was nothing exciting about it. I wasn't scrolling on it. I didn't even know there was a for you page. I was, I just put videos on there and I disappeared and came back three months when he said it again. 
and I had a hundred followers on there. What? There's a hundred people following. I'm not even active on this platform. How do I have like a thousand likes on some stuff that I created over on Facebook years ago? Really interesting. So that sparked my interest. But even then, I didn't I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I didn't know the software. I didn't understand it. So I just kind of started playing around with it. And and then eventually what had happened is I got my was called your first taste of virality. <laughs> there what you don't realize is that the algorithm you you can't predict it there is you have no idea what piece of content that you release is going to hit the algorithm and it's going to be pushed out to hundreds of thousands of people you just don't know this is why you, it's just you just put content out there who knows who likes it um and so i had done this I, yeah, i'm a fitness guy i'm in the gym every single day and i was just doing some push-ups in my living room i did this kind of funny skit and then all of a sudden I have a thousand views on this super dumb skit. And then it's 2000 views and it's 10,000 views. I got a thousand people to like it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, now it's fun. I found the fun in it because I was looking for, obviously at that point, the return, like what's the point of this other than just occupying my time, which ideally I wanted to spend elsewhere, like in my business. But then I was like, you know, I gotta practice having fun. This makes me, this, this brings me joy. And then what had happened is somebody had said, dude, you look just like Polly Shore. <laughs> this is true. I do look like Polly Shore. Now, that comment sparked a whole new game. And the reality with this is I was listening to the market at this point. I listened to what they were saying. There was like 10 people on that same post that said, you remind us of Polly Shore. Do you know who Polly Shore is? The reality is I was told I looked like Pauly Shore since I was 14 years old, <laughs> since 1999. And I forgot that I looked like Pauly Shore. And then all these kids were like, dude, you look just like him. So I started reminding the network. And I, my first piece of viral content or what I would consider viral was me saying, you guys are focusing on this Jack Skellington mug and completely ignoring the fact I look just like Pauly Shore. Boom. Cut that. 100,000 views, 10,000 comments, just like crazy. And I'm like, oh my goodness. From there, I realized that I am entertaining kids and this could be fun. So with that, I just started putting out some Poly Shore content and uh, it was super fun. It, it, was, it was time consuming. At one point I was putting out 30 videos a day. But the point with this is I did not hit what I call my peak or my niche until I saw kids um for doing something called the, the no face challenge i'm actually wearing a shirt right now it says make a face and this is where it came from is there's this tiktok trend where people drink tequila and other hard liquors and try not to make a face well the reality with this is i used to take 30 shots a day and not make a face that is a problem that's practicing alcoholic behavior i know it might be fun but this is what it looks like when you get good at not making a face and so I released this Stitch video, 4.4 million views, ended up on BuzzFeed, just hundreds of thousands of people in my comments. You know, like, how do I quit? I have a problem. I didn't know. I didn't know this. Just, I just opened the door to people that didn't know that they were practicing alcoholic behavior. Now, what is a Stitch video? A Stitch video is when you can take a section from a specific video and use that as the introduction to your own video. So say there's something that you like in, I don't know, one of my videos, and I say something that contributes to your message, or maybe you just want to do a rebuttal to that. You can take that phrase, stitch it, 
And so the intro to your video is that specific section and then you add on to that. So in this case, they were, she was trying not to make a face. I took the section of her taking a shot and then trying not to make a face. And I said, <laughs> I came in there were like, hey, you're really good at that. My name's Cody, I'm an ex-alcoholic and a liver failure survivor. I used to be good at not making a face too. The whole rant on there was basically saying, I used to do what you're doing now. It's important that you take your health seriously. Otherwise, this is what you can expect. That changed the whole game. And the reality with that is I, 100,000 followers after that one video, 4 million people saw it, 100,000 people decided to connect with me. I was waking up with four or five, 6,000 new followers every day, notifications I couldn't even handle. It was insane. And then I realized that I have a voice here. So all of the torture and all of the experience that I had gone through in the hospital now holds value. I'm not just some guy that survived liver failure. I am a beacon of truth in actuality. And so what I started doing from that is I started going live on TikTok. You need a thousand followers to go live. I went live on TikTok and then people started calling me their favorite ex-alcoholic. <laughs> and so I kind of go by that now on TikTok. And uh, so now every day since then, I've been talking about alcohol and sobriety and happiness and connection, um, everything associated with it. What had happened with that, because my inbox, I'm, I'm telling you this, Richard, like it was hundreds, sometimes thousands of messages from people, from doctors and nurses, EMTs, kids saying, I can't stop drinking, man. What do I do? How do I do this? I don't like AA. I don't like this. I don't like that. Nothing's working. I'm afraid. How do I do this? So I said, let me put it all together. Let me take all of your questions and put it all in one place and design a program from the standpoint of who you are, not your problem. And so I created Beyond Sober. It's now recognized as one of the most powerful sobriety programs in the world. And we have thousands of people working together, acting as each other's accountability coaches. The program's 100% digital, it's online. We've got four communities all going. The reality with that is simply my, my niche became speaking truths or bringing light to the actualities that alcohol is a poison. You could drink a poison safely, but if you practice this behavior, you may become an alcoholic, you may become dependent. And so all of my content now is based around that. And so I've been on TikTok since, I don't know, August of 2019. And I just passed, actually, as I'm looking at it right this second, I have 300,598. So 300,600 people that are giving me their, their attention every day. Okay, so now we all know that TikTok is just not for kids anymore. Right. Um, KFC is spending almost half of their operating, you know, marketing budget mm -hmm. on social media now. Yeah. So if there's a person out there like, you know, 50 year old guy that's in business, you know, how do they start a TikTok and how can they niche down to get attention, even if they're not going to be doing dances and acting stupid? <laughs> That's a really great question. And it's it's way more simple than you might think. And I, I say this because I, I, almost everybody I know has TikTok. Um, if you've got a business and you not trying, I'm going to say this. People on TikTok aren't stupid. If you're trying to sell them something, scroll, scroll, scroll. The reality with the way marketing is working on TikTok specifically is it we call it millennial marketing.
because we don't care what the CEO of <laughs> Mazda, how they want to present it. We want to see someone spilling their coffee in that Mazda going, oh, thank goodness they have these cup holders here. Like a real life experience with that car. That's relatable. That's authentic. It might be a skit or the reality is, is you can polarize the industry, right? Simply just saying, hey, do this because of that is one thing. But people buy from people, period. The the most honest phrase that I can say is, so it, I, this happens all the time. I've developed a strong emotional connection with you on TikTok. I want to buy your product because of who you are. Yes, they can benefit. Yes, it's for them. But the reality is other people are offering something similar. It's not the product. It is not what you're offering. It's who you're bringing to the table. No one cares about what it is specifically that you're talking about, but they do care about how they feel when they're listening to you. So if you've got a product and you want to talk about that, you want to bring your most authentic self to the table, literally getting out of bed, just sitting with coffee, speaking your mind, saying it how it is. If we approach uh, authentic community from a sales perspective, you're 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 setting yourself up for a long journey on TikTok in in the worst ways, because we want to look at something and we want it to be entertaining enough. Because I'm telling you this, the entertainment from someone trying to market a flooby or a, a vacuum can be equally as entertaining as some kid tripping out of falling out of a tree. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the point is, is, if you can hold their attention, which is really not hard, um, by being you then people will look into whatever it is that you're offering. And, and, you know, one thing I noticed about, you know, especially TikTok, um, it's, it's, you know, like I can make a video and if, if it makes the person feel something, mm -hmm. it, you kind of connect, you mm -hmm. know, like, um, you know, I'm now the, the podcast, we just started back on TikTok because we got banned for some reason. Cause I didn't know I couldn't show a picture of a guy holding a gun to his head. Oh, yeah. They banned me permanently. Yeah. So I'm starting all over again. But I didn't realize how important just a picture of a wife, you know, yeah, leaning over a casket. Yep. Have on people. And I, you know, I it's amazing how as long as you can make somebody feel something, yep. you know, then they'll then they'll, they want to get involved. And what? now talk to us because I know a lot of people and um, you know, Gary V is actually one of my friends. And that's something that he talked to always talked to me about is, you know, when somebody leaves you a comment, try to do your best as you can to make sure that you answer those comments. Yeah, that's that way you're actually building relationships. So yeah. talk to us about building relationships. Building relationships is so incredibly important. And this goes back to that phrase that I was mentioning. It's like, I'm emotionally involved in you. <laughs> you didn't know that. the same way that Gary Vee has literally was there on my deathbed, saved my life as my mentor. He just doesn't know it is the same way that people are creating that emotional connection with you. And so re replying to comments, there's times I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm emotionally invested in my community. They love showing up and we we are growing from each other. There's no hierarchy. There's all hellos. Hey, what's up? So excited to see you. Every time there's a comment, and it doesn't matter if I'm leaving an emoji, just a smiling face, maybe it's a couple hearts, maybe it's like pointing, whatever. I respond to as many people as humanly possible. So I'll put, I don't know, maybe five pieces of content out a day. 
let the day go by. And then at the end of my day, I'm going back through all those comments. The, what happens eventually is, you know, you got 10,000 comments. I can't, I can't respond to 10,000. I mean, I could, but it's not important. What's really important here, and I say this from the place of absolute, what that means is it's not the amount of comments that you respond to. It's the reason why you're responding to them. You want them to feel seen. You want them to feel understood. You want them to know that they are recognized. You want them to know that they are important to you, not your product, not your service, not what you're doing, not your, your past. They want to feel seen. Otherwise, they could have gone somewhere else. They didn't have to inject their energy into your content. They're your biggest supporters. A lot of people don't create an emotional entanglement with their community. They just go, I don't know who you are. I don't care who you are. I'm just going to do my thing. And maybe you like it. You can tell that disconnect in the way that content is delivered. Some of the most I've met major TikTokers, man, two, three million followers, man. The most powerful thing that they have is a strong community that they're actively involved in. Um, and this goes back to Beyond Sober as well. I'm active in that community. That community, I met them all on TikTok. They followed me over to Beyond Sober. Now they're over in Bending Waves. They're all over my social media. We are supporting each other because they know that they hold equal value as the person right next to them. And so getting involved with them, sometimes I'm sending messages to people. Uh, someone will be like, hey, help me. And I'll go reach out personally and be like, hey, man, I got your message. Are you okay? Is everything all right? What can I do for you? That you have no idea how powerful that is. The amount of actual energy that is being infused in your community is the thing that's going to drive your community to millions, right? And it's not about those numbers. That's the truth. Is if you're releasing content to try and boost your numbers, you're going to find a major disconnect. This is why being as authentic as humanly possible, recognizing people as they're there. Uh, commending people, helping, supporting them in any way you can without sacrificing yourself. But your message has got to be delivered from the place of, I see you. I'm, I'm not here just having fun. I'm here to help you improve as the human that you are on earth. <laughs> when they feel that, and they will eventually, uh, it takes about five times before they develop that relationship with you, then your success on any platform is pretty much inevitable. I love it. Always providing value. So now, how do we find you? How do we get in touch with you? And how do we support your mission? I love that. Thank you so much for asking. Well, I am on TikTok. TikTok, I'm under the name Codyverse, as in the universe, Codyverse. Um, so K-O-H-D-I dot V-E-R-S-E. As I'm standing, 300,613 followers. Um, I'm over 4 million likes right now. Um, very, very happy over there. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Cody Rain, either my main page or my personal page. If I got room, I'll add people. Um, also, my website, it's Cody, K-O-H-D-I dot I-O. A uh, lot of fun stuff over there uh, that was really designed to help people kind of get into the Beyond Sober program. Where I'm most active right now is in Beyond Sober. Um, we're rated as one of the most powerful sobriety programs in the world from a digital standpoint because we're helping people improve their quality of life and focus on happiness. My key phrase with this and the reason why I'm so available is we're not sober because we're, we're not happy because we're sober. We're sober because we're happy. When we focus on happiness, sobriety is easy because nobody, no happy person is going to jeopardize their happiness with the poison. 
And so you guys can take a look at beyondsoberprogram.com or even Google Beyond Sober. And uh, I'm so ecstatic to talk about Bending Waves. That's my newest platform. And it's from the Art of Ascension, um, finding purpose, generating happiness. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new T-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.